You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ken Shamrock, the world's most dangerous man, and you're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Knockouts and Three Counts. Yes, sir. This is Knockouts and Three Counts. We're here once again with another episode of podcast. Go here from the illustrious podcast at Trade Studios in Royal Oak, Michigan. Kyle? So, um, if any of you guys have been paying attention to the World MMA, our guest tonight was all over uh, ESPN on the Area Hawani show and all the different media outlets. Uh, we've got the return of Miles the Fury Jury with us tonight. How you doing, brother man? What's up, boys? Doing good. Doing good. Man, uh, so you've had a pretty uh, boring couple weeks, haven't you? <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of changes the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've known about it for a little bit, but you know, all the news breaking and, and all the information getting out, man. So let's, I mean, let's start right there. I mean, everybody knows you've been uh, associated with the UFC for the last six years now. Uh, tell me a little bit about what went into you know, you making the switch from UFC to Bellator and uh, was it anything in specific or was it something that was accumulated? Uh, I mean, you know, like my management, man, it's all my management. Uh, they basically came and talked to me about, uh, you know, what, what was next. And they, they brought up uh, an offer from Bellator, man, and it was too good to pass up. You know, I was really happy with the offer and it, you know, it came with the first fight in Ireland uh, against Benson Henderson. So I was like, you know, yeah, like, let's run it. And, uh, I don't know, man, I just felt like, you know, this is, this is just the opportunity, you know, presented itself, man. And, and I jumped on it. Well, I, I'm not one to, you know, ask someone you know, how much money they're making, but I'm assuming that there's probably a couple more zeros at the end of this contract. But besides from the money, was there something in particular in this deal with Bellator that made you say, you know what, I think I'm going to go ahead and make this switch? Um, I mean, like, so there was a couple of things for me. Like, uh, you know, first off, them giving me a main event against somebody like Benson Henderson, I feel like that shows that, you know, they, they want to get behind me, man. They want to, uh, you know, support me. They want to, you know, put me out there and, and give me some great opportunities. And, uh, so that kind of showed, you know, they were willing to step up on that end. And, uh, you know, as far as like the fight, man, I mean, I mean, I feel like, you know, I, I just love what I do, like put money aside, opportunities, all this stuff aside. It's the same thing. It's, it's this guy trying to take me out before I take him out. And uh, I get to share that octagon with, uh, you know, somebody like Benson and, uh, you know, take him out and do that. That right there is what kind of, uh, you know, helped help push me towards Bellator. Well, Miles, I, I got to make a little bit of a confession, man. So we, we've got to know each other over with the last two years we've been doing the show, man. We, you know, we've come to some of your fight part after fight parties and, uh, you've been really cool to us, but I gotta tell you, man, this is gonna be a really hard fight for me to watch, man. Because I like to think, you know, we've kind of gained a little bit of a friendship, but Benson Henderson is honestly one of my all-time favorite fighters, man. So this is gonna be kind of hard for me to watch, man. 
Um, so I'm not. I, I'm, I'm telling everybody now. I'm not making a prediction on this fight. I'm just gonna watch it and enjoy it. But going into it, what was it about Benson Henderson himself that made you say, "Hey, I have to take this fight"? I mean, I feel like with Benson, man, that, that's somebody I, I want to have a win over, man. That's somebody I, I want on my resume, you know. And 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 look, you know, I, I want to get that belt. That's what the the goal has always been is to be a world champion, you know. Uh, and that's that's it's going to put me right right in line by beating Benson, man. And you know, I uh, I I mean, why why beat around the bush? Why wait around? You know, let's just take advantage of this opportunity now, and that's that's what I'm looking to do. So now that you're over there in Bellator, you know, right off the rip, you're getting a main event fight. You're going against Ben Henderson, you know, a guy that I know you've watched a ton of. Um, Now that you're over there in Bellator, do you feel any sort of like big pressure now that they're, you know, touting you as, you know, the UFC guy that's coming over? Or do you feel like because all the pressure may be on Ben for this fight that it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off of you? Nah, man. I mean, I feel like I've been in big fights before, and uh, you know, again, like I just look at it as like put, you know, it's it's the same thing, man. It's an octagon, it's a cage, it's it's somebody standing across from me trying to trying to take me out, and uh, you know, that's just the way I look at it. You know, every all that pressure that that's just perceived, that's just all in the mind, and uh, you know, I'm just focused on going out there, you know, having a great performance and uh, having some fun, man. And everything else will will take care of itself. Yeah, everybody, make sure you guys watch this fight September 27th. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to be on the, the zone. Yeah, that and uh, it'll be on Paramount. It'll, it'll be a tape delayed, but it, 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 it'll be on Paramount as far as I know. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's, that's definitely a tie difference there <laughs> between uh, Ireland and Detroit. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, straight up. I think they're eight, nine, nine hours ahead. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, right now you're out in uh, California, man. So, uh, what, what's California life uh, like right now, and how's the training camp going? Man, California is awesome. You know, I'm I'm lucky to be out here. Um, it's a, you know it's the same thing every day, man. It's it's waking up, getting better, going to the gym. It's uh you know spending some time with my family and loved ones, and uh, just just being grateful, man. Grateful that I get to wake up every day, sun shining on me, and uh, be able to go go do you know, my dream job and, and make a living to feed my family off of it. So let me ask you this. You mentioned, you know, now that you're getting uh, more time with the family and things of that nature, you know, what, uh, what's the transition been like? I know you and Gianna have been going back and forth for a while and I know they've been out there with you for quite a while now in San Diego, but like, what's that like for you when you're going into a training camp, having the whole family out there in Cali, does it help you? Does it, you know, does it bring any, does it bring any stresses with it? You know, it's it, it's both, man. Like, you know, there's pros and cons to each situation. You know, when I was out here kind of, you know, sacrificing, I was out here by myself, uh, kind of trying to get some things in order so I can bring them out out here in California. You know, there's a lot of times where I missed them, and I, and I was very alone and felt depressed and, uh, was you know, very sad. You know, I was being away from my, my son, missing the, the time, you know, him growing up. and being away from my girl and, you know, just, just basically being alone, it, it was tough, you know, on the flip side, it also helped me focus. I didn't have, you know, the, the you know, take care of my, my kid or my girl or anything like that. I was just focused on myself and I could be selfish. So that was nice. <clears throat> but, you know, with them being out here now, it's like, 
I, I come home and I'm, I'm a lot more joyful and I'm, you know, having a lot more fun with my son and, and just grateful to be spending time with them. And, uh, you know, also on the flip side, though, is it, you know, sometimes it can be a lot, you know, coming home and, and take care of a three-year-old and, you know, having a girl and, you know, have to attend to her needs and stuff too. So uh, I would say I, I love having them out here and you know, that's why I'm, I have them out here with me and the pros definitely outweigh the cons for sure. Yeah, well, we definitely know you have the big fight coming up September 27th in Ireland. Uh, I don't want to, you know, look past that fight, but uh, what else do you, can you see Bellator bringing to you and you bring to Bellator in the future of this new contract with them? And do you stay at lightweight? Uh, I just feel like I, I have, like, the best performances ahead of me, man. I feel like, uh, you know, striking, uh, grappling, you know, setting a pace, just being creative in there. All that stuff is is ahead of me, man. I'm looking forward to bringing that to Bellator. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I got a huge step in front of me right now, and I'm looking to, you know, just declaring that I'm going to take out Ben. And uh, it's, it's the same thing, man. It's, you know, I, I take out Ben, I'm going to be asked for a title shot. I mean, that's just that's what it is. So, uh, you know, right now I'm just declaring Ben's in my way, and, and uh, that's, you know, that, that's the guy on my radar. So now that you, you know, now that you've been around the block, you know, versus when you got in the UFC, I mean, you've been around in the UFC alone just for six years and been in the game even longer than that. Uh, how would you say that your time in the UFC and what you've accomplished so far with some of the names that you've been able to compete against, uh, what do you say that that's done for your like mindset? How do you think that that's prepared you for your next chapter in Bellator? Uh, it's been a, a great foundation, man. I'm I'm proud of everything I've had done in the UFC, and and I've had some big fights, man. Some some big wins, some big losses, and and all that has just prepared me and making me a stronger man, you know, today. And and the next step is Bellator. So, I mean, I'm I'm definitely a lot more seasoned, a lot more uh, technical, tougher, all around the board going into Bellator, you know, with with my background and, and having such a uh, you know, so many fights in the UFC, you know, if I didn't have that, if I was just going into Bellator green, I, I would be just a lot, a lot more kind of uh, amateurish right now. I'm just professional man and coming into my, my peak dude. So it's uh it's definitely a plus perfect timing. So you talk about, you know, coming into your peak and things like that. Um, you and I have spoke a lot about it off the air. You know, I know you just went through a leadership program that I know Jeremy Stevens went through. I know Dominic Cruz went through and a bunch of other guys that I know and you know have gone through. Tell me a little bit about that and tell me about how uh, that's helped you both mindset-wise, both inside and out the cage and just for life. Because I know, didn't you guys just do a fundraiser for that and you raised three grand in a week or something like that? Yeah, yeah. I'm in uh, a leadership program, you know, based out of Vegas called Choice Center. And, uh, man, we just did some cool shit like, you know, raising three grand for, for Veterans Village out there in Las Vegas, you know, for uh, for vets that are in need of shelter, medical care, um, toiletries, food, anything like that. It's a 24-7 uh, emergency response place. So definitely uh, doing some cool stuff, taking care of some vets. And, uh, honestly, like the, the leadership program for me was just learning a lot about myself, learning a lot about my mind and my emotions and going deep within, deep within myself. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that we hide 
subconsciously. And uh, it's, you know, usually so hidden that oh, I got. Hold on a second. Max on, trying man. to say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Max, hey, go to Max. <laughs> He's trying to make his he debut. Russell, man. <laughs> he just wants to punch and wrestle and all day. So it's, it's awesome, though. That's my boy. He's uh, he's like his old man. He's throwing kicks and punches and want to choke me all the time. Said Bel- Bellator <laughs> need to get him a contract too, man. <laughs> yeah, man. I've been working on his uh, on just you know little stuff like showing him how to make a fist, showing him how to punch. Um, you know, I've been hand fighting with him a little bit, a little head position for some wrestling, and kind of toughen him up a little bit. Yeah, I guess we gonna call him a little hot hands then. <laughs> yeah, right, <laughs> a little furious. Oh boy, man, I, I've I've got. I don't want to say it's a weird question, but fuck you, it, it's but, weird. Well, no, it's not really weird. But I just want. I just hope you don't. You understand where I'm coming from, but. Do you realize how like you're kind of a pioneer, Miles? Like, makes sense. Well, it, it, that, especially for people here in the state of Michigan, as far as like you know, Michigan getting on the MMA map. Uh, we talk about the guys that were out there first. Y- your name definitely comes up. You have uh, Crowshank, your Cody Stamens, your Amanda Bobby Coopers, and now there's there seems to be a big influx of, of Michigan talent coming into the UFC and Bellator. Uh, Devin Smith, you know, he's got an opportunity coming up. Jamal Hill just signed. Jamal Hill just signed. Uh, Jesse Bozzi, he's in Bellator. Well, he had a Bellator fight uh, earlier this year. So do, do you kind of realize that that you're kind of a pioneer? And does that, you know, do you think about that? Is that something that has brought up to you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, I feel like uh... – like yeah i've done some some great things you know for the state of michigan and, and represented it well and uh definitely helped in that awareness of how how much talent and how badass you know fighters are from the state of michigan and uh yeah i appreciate that and and i just you know i'm, I'm happy to be a part of it man i mean everybody's kind of had a, a play in it you know before me you know guys like rashad evans dan severin uh you know and even guys on the underground man that, that never made it to the ufc you know Don Richard and, and, you know, other fighters. It's like, if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have had that opportunity to, to put myself out there and, uh, you know, kind of take it to the next level. And now you see, since I've been in the UFC, you see guys like <clears throat> Stamen now that's in there doing, doing a great job and other fighters that are popping up and now guys that are on the contender series. So right. it's, just, it's awesome to see, man. And I'm, I'm happy that I, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity to kind of, you know, be on the, be a front runner. For, uh, for Michigan. Yeah, I just had to point that out because I think a lot of times what happens is, you know, sometimes you're too far in the forest to see the trees and, and really realize the impact that you made. And sometimes, you know, you just got to gotta smell the flowers while you're there, man. So I just wanted to make sure that you actually realize that uh, you've paid – you. I mean, yeah, Don Retris and Rashad Evans were before you, but you've definitely paved the way for a lot of guys that are coming up now, man. So I just wanted to make sure that you realize that. For sure. For sure, man. I appreciate that. And, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely uh, – you know, that's something that I'm super proud of. And, you know, as I get older and when I look back on my career, that's something that I'll always kind of cherish and, and hold close is like, is knowing that I represented my state well, man. And, uh, you know, I was, I was one of the best to ever come out of Michigan. So did, speaking of that, you know, did you see uh, old Don over there out there with Stipe uh, helping him get ready for uh, D.C. and shit? 
Yeah, man, I seen that. I uh, I was texting with him a little bit, like, "What's up, bro? How's uh, how's training with Stipe?" And, and he was just telling me about some of their training, and uh, you know, he said he's having a great time. Yeah, he had there. nothing but good things to tell me when I called him about it. Yeah, exactly, man. And I mean, what what an opportunity for Don, you know? Because you know, I, I know, uh, you know, he's he's such a huge fan of the sport, and you know, he's he's been around so much to be able to train with, you know, a former heavyweight champion. You know, possibly a guy that's going to be the next champion. Uh, you know, to train with him in his prime. You know, I'm sure Don was just like, man, test yourself against the best right there. I mean, can't really get too much up higher than that. But dude, <laughs> think about it this way. You know, you, it really set in on me when we were talking about Mac. Do you realize we're both getting old as shit? Like, <laughs> my sister's birthday is today, and I can remember you and I driving to pick her up from, like, middle school and shit, and here we are, she's 22 today, and got engaged and just graduated college all within the last month, and I'm over here like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> this shit is just not cool. Right. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I, you know, sometimes I think back of all the, the you know, fun great times that we've had and seeing where we're at now man and it's 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 pretty pretty trippy man but uh i i still feel young as hell dude i feel like my my best years are oh are yeah me, man and uh you know it's it, it's awesome what's awesome to see is like seeing you know the the trials and the tribulations that you know i've been through you've been through and how we just keep coming overcoming things man and just keep becoming stronger and you know having a breakdown and then we have a breakthrough and that that's the the shit that I like to see, man. I I'm like, I look back and I'm just like, damn, like this couldn't stop me. This situation couldn't stop me. Like, yeah, maybe I was. Down I always for a think back bit, to but... you on the Ultimate Fighter when you blew out your knee because I remember yeah. talking to you in yeah. Vegas like the day after. So yeah, yeah that's dude. a prime example right there. I mean, that that's something could easily just you know I could have made made excuses and became a victim and you know fed into all the pity and just kind of you know just went down that road, but I didn't. Well, I, I mean, better from it, man. I became stronger. That all comes. I mean, that all comes down on you. I mean, really, in reality, I mean, you and I both were in. I mean, I remember being there when you had blown out your knee. I remember you kicking it with me when I had Achilles tendon surgery. Like, it's crazy, man, to think about that stuff. And now here we are flapping our gums on radio and shit. <laughs> for real, for real, man. It's it's awesome to see, dude. It's it's well learned because you know we work our butts off, dude. So. Great things are coming to us. Well, I know we got to let you get out of here, man. You said you got uh, some more leadership training stuff to take care of. Uh, September 27th, Bellator MMA. He's going to be going against uh, Benson Henderson over there in Ireland. Anything uh, left you want to let anybody know about the fight and let them know where they can find you on social media and all that good stuff? Yeah, yep. Uh, just, you know, Fury Jury on all the social medias. And, uh, Man, just uh, love Michigan, dude, and uh, happy to be on your guys' show. And can't wait to uh, get back into town, man, and and uh, spend some time with all my family and friends in Michigan. Yeah, let us know when the uh, victory party is, man. Ah, you already know, baby. You already know it's going to be at House of Shamrocks after we beat Benson. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so you know you owe me a shot, right? Because my birthday is the 25th. You fight him on the 27th. I, I feel like it only sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always trying to get you a shot. You don't ever drink. You, you full of shit. Wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. He is telling the truth. You You're never right. drink. <laughs> I drank plenty when we drank with the mayor at your victory party because he was buying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I got you. I got you a shot for you for sure. Miles, My, I've been trying to get this guy drunk for the past three years, and I've known him. He just 
never. You got me drunk it. on my birthday last year. Okay, no, no. <laughs> all right, that's true. I know he doesn't like to drink. <laughs> hey, he just gets his burger and his Coca Cola, and he calls it a day, man. Why? Why are you hating for? I still got a six pack, don't I? I know that's why I'm saying why you gotta hate on me how I eat I'm a fat boy bro nah man I, I, want, <laughs> I want you to drink the six pack next time man. <laughs> Miles appreciate you play boy Miles appreciate you man uh, we'll definitely be in contact man and uh yeah go ahead do some work on the 27th of September man Yes, sir, man. I appreciate it, boys. I will talk to you guys soon. All right. Hell yeah. Do it up. All right, man. Peace. Ladies. Miles, the Fury Jury. So now I get to put you on the hot spot. What, what? do you really think is going to happen in that fight? Dude, I, you already backed yourself into a corner. I'm going to be honest with you, man. <laughs> it, 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 mm, I really can't pick this fight. I felt the same man. way when he fought Cowboy. I was really upset about it. I was like, oh, shit, I always love Cowboy, but I can't go against Miles. <laughs> like, you got to realize, man, like, I've talked about how John Jones is my all-time favorite fighter, and then Anderson Silva's in there. Like, ben, Benson Henderson is probably in that top five of my all-time favorite fighters. I He's mean, great. I love from, Benson. I, I don't have not a no word to say about him. I just remember watching, like, I, I don't remember who he fought, but it was a fight in WEC. I, I forgot who it was. This guy had him in like a knee bar or something. And I'm sitting there like, dang, Benson about to lose. And like the guy was so just like weirdly flexible. That, and it, it looked like his knee was like, no, it was his arm. That's what it was. His arm was like it was about to, it was dislocated. And somehow he got out of it and ended up winning a fight. And I'm like, I don't know who this guy is, but I'm a fan. And plus he kind of looks like my friend Julian too. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, like I said, Miles, man, he, he's – He's invited uh, me. I mean, I know you know Miles pretty much most of your life, but you know, for him to, uh, you know, invite me to his his victory parties and to get to know uh, him and uh, basically, you know, become someone that I'm become friendly with. Man, it's, it's it's hard to watch this fight, man. So I, yeah, I felt <laughs> the same way when he fought Cowboy, and like that's why you know it's funny because. I feel that way with most of the guests that we end up getting on the show, at mm-hmm. least people – at least the ones that I've trained with. Right. Like I tell people this all the time. Like when you're actually like friends, friends with these people and then you take it another step further and then you've trained with those people, like when they step in the cage or the ring or whatever the case might be, like dude, when they lose, you get like – you get so bummed. And then when they win, you're like so hyped. And I feel like those that – you know, not even about fighting, but just aren't around people that are fighting. Right. I don't think you'd like – it's the same as like if you've got a, a kid or a brother who's playing football. But then when you put it in a fight sense, it's it's different. So like, per- Perfect example. Um, I went to Grand Rapids um, a couple of weeks ago to go see Maneeb fight. Sure. And that, that ended up being the main event, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So – the whole night, I'm like, man, this is a good night of fights. I was <laughs> honestly, I was watching that and uh, Fighter Fest at the same time. But I'm like, man, it was just a good, good night, good night of fights. But like when he when he he threw that punch and he dislocated his shoulder, I'm like, and we just had this guy on the show talking about this fight, how you know he was he was pumped up for it, and he was looking good in that fight. And when he dislocated his shoulder, like it, it honestly, it just took the air out of me, man. I'm like, dude, this. I mean, it was hard to watch, man. So, yeah, when you, 
I haven't trained with Maneev, but you know, Maneev's he's the homie. Yeah, he's he's been, And that's the same thing. I yeah. mean, all I'm getting at is when you're actually friends with these people. Yeah. Like not just, hey, I know him. Right. Like you like here's a perfect example, right? You used to say it all the time when you first met me, but I think you've started to understand it because you've gotten to meet so many of these guys. But like you used to give me so much shit because I would get so like into it when Miles would fight. But now you see what I mean. Like, wait, wait, perfect example, man. We was I forgot what fight we were watching. Was, you uh, were you were literally like shadow boxing in the fight too. I'm like It was uh Rick uh Rick, Rick Glenn. Stor- Rick Glenn. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like this dude sitting over here shadow boxing right just, now. He, dude, like this, like this is uh, like I wasn't a, shadow boxing, but you I were, man. He was like, "Come on, come on, Miles." I don't know, man. I just, I get it, like, and I get that way. Whether it's teammate, like teammates that I don't know real well, or like, I don't know, man. It's just something about that. Oh, people, you got, you got to come. Whenever there's a local fight and we're there, you got to come watch it, especially if it's someone from his, that he knows, man. He starts coaching them from the from, – I can't help sweep it. Sweep the leg. I don't know about that. Sweep the <laughs> leg, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, but like I said, I mean, anybody that's listening to this show that, you know, trains at all or is around people like that, you get it. But I don't know. Like I said, it's cool for me. I'm excited to see Miles get his shot in Bellator. Um I think him going to Bellator is finally going to give him a shot to be on that top platform. Like he could be one of their top guys over there because even though obviously I'm a little biased, I don't think that it's too far fetched of a statement to say that if miles can go in there and beat Ben Henderson, then he's right there for a title. If not in the top two, top three, and even without the Ben Henderson fight, you don't, you don't give him Ben Henderson unless you think that. Right. You know, not this only is like a super, give, this is a super fight, and it's like basically a number one. Not to fight. mention, not only did they give him to him, he's the main event, and you're doing it in Ireland, right? So, I mean, again, for those that don't know, like usually when you go into an organization, you got to work work your way up the card. If he's going right to the main event and right against Ben Henderson, that tells you that they consider him to be a hot pickup, and I. I like I kind of say, I, I didn't want to get you know too much into the details of his contract, but um, <laughs> one thing that, that Jim Ross, you know, WWE Hall of Famer, you know, the, the voice well, of he alluded to it on Ariel Hawani's show. What they talked about the contract. Well, but, but, well, Jim Ross has this famous saying: like usually, <laughs> whenever there's a dispute or a change like that, it's usually about two things: cash or creative. The two C's as he calls them, and basically, what it sounded like to me was. It was both of them, you know. Yeah, Bellator probably threw a nice, nice amount of money at him, and plus the creative is putting him in the main event of a fight against one of the best fighters in in, in the history of the game, and you know in that um, that size you know, weight class. Yeah. So definitely a great opportunity for Miles, and um, just hope he takes advantage of it and you know get the job done. Even though it'd be hard for me to watch, <laughs> just, oh, I, I hear you, dude, because I'm a big fan of Benson too. But I felt the same way when he fought. Wait, I'm gonna bail myself. Met the guy twice, man. He's a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see where do, where do we go next? You've had uh, all this stuff going on. You've talked a lot about it. Uh, what are your thoughts on Bray Wyatt and what they're doing with him now? Okay, so full disclosure, did not see Monday Night Raw. But uh, I'm loving it, man. Do you I, did you like the way they debuted him though against with Mick Foley? Wait, that wasn't his debut. 
Well, I'm is saying maybe you was fan, but I, I love right, it. Yeah, right. But what I'm saying is like that was just him coming back and attacking somebody. By the time he got to Mick, they had already kind of outlined that he was going to go after Finn. I feel like we didn't necessarily know that that was. We didn't know that he was going after Finn. Well, I don't want to say no. That he, he attacked Finn the week before. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I'm just saying that was like his first. I would say big move. I mean, attacking Mick Foley. McFoley's a legend. So, all right. Well, let's put it like this: from everything from Raw, <clears throat> Raw reunion, <laughs> from Raw reunion, I thought that honestly was one of the better parts of it because it helped someone that needed a you know a little bit of a, a push, a little little boost. You know, him coming out and attacking McFoley with his own move. It's like, oh man, and then that that whole lights going out and the the the, the spotlights and stuff right. like that. Great movie. It's definitely building up this this the fiend character. And then the next night on SmackDown for him to pop up as the Mister Rogers character, you're like, oh yeah, the fiend accepts your challenge. But uh, <laughs> dude, I lo- I love it, man. Dude, I, I I love, love this. I like, love it, this. It, it's dope. Uh, All I'm saying is that he has to continue to beat people. He has to keep be- he has to keep attacking people, and he has to win matches. Oh, I, you cannot have him. Lose I have a, no argument. I have no argument with that at all. Like that was one of my biggest gripes with when he became champion. I just felt like he was never really given up. Uh, you got you got to put the rocket on his back. Man. Yes, dude. Like if you're gonna do it, do it, but don't half ass do it and then just let it die. Right. Like if you're building this up to be the big character that it looks like you're trying to build it up to, then do something with it. If you don't, you're gonna screw it up. Uh, but another thing that I was very happy to see on Monday because I think it's long overdue. How about uh the Good Brothers getting them some tag team gold? Last oh, they won the titles? Yes, sir. They won in a triple threat against the Revival, Usos, and uh, – or no, I think it was a Fatal 4-Way. There might have been another team, but I just know they won. Wait, first of all, um, <clears throat> before we get to the Good Brothers, do you think we're going to see the Usos kind of move down in the card, seeing as how uh, they keep getting into trouble? They don't keep getting in trouble. <laughs> One of them keeps getting in trouble. Let's but, let's be clear. But they're a team. I still don't think they're going to go down too far. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Because if I mean, granted, they probably already had it that way. But we all know that they can change things. I mean, you had the big thing with Rikishi on Raw. They were still in the tag team, and then literally like three days later, <laughs> and he's arrested. Man. And here's the thing. after John Cena said it on TV, like you getting arrested. Like, and here's <gasps> and here's the thing with that, like. The Usos have one ace in their pocket that not many other ones do. The fact that there's not as many tag teams in WWE and they are arguably one of the best tag teams in the world. True. Even if Vince does, you know, push down a card for a little while. If you have any goal of sustain sustainably making your tag team division better, especially if the looks of things are looking like they are with the whole Raw and SmackDown not really being split like they were. Right. Eventually, they're going to have to come back if he has any hope of the tag team. So here, here's an interesting uh, kind of a debate I was having with someone. All right. With this whole AEW, uh, if you want to call it a war, 
It's not a war. I'm just saying, if that's what you want to call it. With the pressure now, having you know better creative with AEW coming in and WWE not wanting talent to go over to AEW, can they discipline their guys when they mess up like this? Because, yeah, they could they, if they push them down the car and their contract is coming up, I'm not. I don't know if it is, but let's just say their contract is coming up in January, and the WWE decides, hey, you know, you guys have been been messing up. We're gonna push you, you know, you know, cool you down for a while. They could just go over to AEW now. So does this put WWE in a situation where it's kind of hard for them to discipline their guys when they keep getting DUIs? I think they're gonna back themselves into a problem. Not WWE, but I mean. At a certain point, like, it's the same thing I said with John Jones. Like, whether it's WWE, UFC, and whomever it is that's the one that keeps doing whatever it might be in said case. Right. Eventually, it's going to get to a point where you're either going to have to do something, make an example, or, or, or you're going to have to let it go. But can you, though? Because, like I said, if you, if you piss the Usos off, and they leave and go to AEW and flourish over there. This well, is Vince you, we're talking about, though. Harper wanted to leave too, and he didn't let him leave either. So don't don't think for a second that if it really did get down to that point, that they wouldn't find some way to some kind of fucking way. But you, but you also got to realize too, Vince kind of has like this history of not wanting disgruntled people around him. Oh sure, like he said, basically it's like if you want right, to go, but go. You but, also but, just, but now he's starting to not let these people go. Like, right, like but said, Harper Harper had a whole letter saying, "You know, thank you for my time here," because he thought he was being released, but they keep him. So and they still haven't used him on television. So are you going to now have a whole bunch of disgruntled guys there just because you don't? That's want what them to I go was going to get at. I don't know that he's going to let anybody go if if what's been going on so far is evident at all. I mean, it is what it is. So forgive me for getting off the subject and not neglecting to mention it. Did you watch UFC 240? I did not. Not at all? Well, let's just say there's a lot lot going on right now. He had extracurriculars. (laughs) No, that's not true. There's a lot lot going on in the world of Devin McKenzie right now, and uh, I'll definitely jump into that more next week when uh, more details are available. Uh, Let's just say there's a big announcement coming up. But, uh, yeah, I I wasn't able to make it out for So, Although I saw Cyborg one. Okay, but that's one of the things I want to talk about. So I would say after this one, I would say it's kind of hard to argue Max Holloway is the best featherweight of all time. I mean, who else is there? I mean, Besides, uh, I mean, he's beat everybody, and Frankie Frankie put up a fight. Don't get it twisted. Like Frankie did not go down like a hoe, but at the same time, this was a fight where I feel like it was evident that Holloway had the had the edge through the majority of the fight. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, Frankie had his moments, right? I'm not saying he didn't at all because Frankie got in there and did a, probably the best job anybody's really done of uh, what's up, Alicia. Um, Frankie did probably the best job out of anybody um, as far as being able to close that distance and getting close to Max. Uh, that being said, I mean, as far as the pace of the fight and when it got down to the end of the fight, who did I think you know was winning? I mean, I think it was pretty clear for me for Holloway. So I guess the question is, is that. 
Max tried his his uh tried himself at light heavy mean lightweight. Didn't necessarily go the way he wanted to. Comes back to featherweight, defends his title. He's obviously the the greatest featherweight of all time. What does he do now? Does he try does he keep going featherweight and you know, cutting all that weight, or does he try his hand again at lightweight? What do you think? I don't know because if there's any truth to the rumored fight that I read about earlier, I mean, that could change a few things. Uh, I've heard the rumor that they're talking about putting McGregor versus Aldo two together. McGregor versus Aldo? Yeah. At featherweight? Again, I don't know if there's any legitimacy to that, but. You think that would be featherweight or lightweight? Featherweight. Featherweight. Well, Aldo, Aldo don't fight lightweight, so it would be either featherweight and Connor cannot make one thirty five. Shitty can barely make one forty five. That's what I was about to say. I don't. I don't see him trying to make one forty five. Yeah, again. but uh, the only way that fight happens at lightweight is if Aldo wants to go up to lightweight. And so, I mean, I, but I, I thought he was talking about moving up to lightweight. He's talked about it, but again, I think that uh, the weight is all just going to determine on where Aldo wants to go because I don't really see Connor trying to fight at featherweight. So if I had to bet, I wouldn't be shocked that it happens at lightweight. Uh, but. Who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, maybe Connor ends up wanting to go back there because his last couple fights at 55 haven't gone so good. But, uh, <laughs> who knows, man? I, I, again, I don't know if that fight's going to happen, if it's not going to happen. You know, the other big story for me coming out of UFC 240, like, first of all, Felicia Spencer, although I didn't think at any point that she won the fight, I mean, she got in there and scrapped. She cut Cyborg in the first minute of the fight and had yeah. her shit split. Um, so she definitely got in there and fought. Uh, but I mean, again, another uh, big performance for Cyborg and out of the fight. So on the same episode that Miles was on uh, of the MMA or Ariel Hawani show, mm-hmm. I think it was the same episode. I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, Cyborg was just on the uh, Ariel Hawani show and straight up said that she will not fight in the UFC again unless she gets apology from Dana White and Joe Rogan. For what? So, well, for Rogan, because if you listen to the uh, if you listen to the commentary, like she felt like he was making it seem as though Spencer was in the fight a lot more than she really was. And he said that Rogan's always kind of slighted her, I guess. But he said, more importantly, she said that she feels like um, her biggest issue was Dana White. I don't know if Joe Rogan said it because I didn't hear much of the commentary during the fight because I was watching it B-dubs. But essentially, she was saying that she feels like Dana's never really promoted her at all. Like she said, for, and that Dana White's kind of been trashing her since she was in Strike Force. Um, I can't really argue with that. And I can't. And when I actually <laughs> sat and thought about it, like think about it. Look how long it was till she actually came over to the UFC. And then, well, part of that was because there wasn't a weight division there. But, sure, that was yeah. part of it. But still, even when she got there, now she's lost. You know. Why would someone who hasn't lost in 14 years and it wasn't like uh, um, Nunez just like 
ran in in 30 seconds and just fucking killed Cyborg. Now, granted, she knocked her out, but Cyborg got her shots in, too, and everything else. So it wasn't one of those where, like a Masvidal with Askren, where he just runs across the cage, knocks fucking knocks him out in like two seconds. But it wasn't too far off, though. No, she lost. But again, <laughs> it wasn't too far off. She lost, but sure. Okay, now you beat Felicia Spencer. Her next fight should probably be against Nunez, unless there's already well, a fight lined up. Okay. Uh, let me let me address the Joe Rogan thing. Joe Rogan thing, I I mean, I, I don't know the whole, but just from, you know, what you told me, I, I feel like she needs to let that one go. Rogan, that, 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 Rogan, I can see. But Dana, I think there's a lot of validity. Wait, wait, wait but let me, let, me, let, me, let me finish. Cyborg is sort of like the Golden State Warriors. And in her fights, it's like going up against, let's say, the Detroit Pistons. It's just blowouts. So you have, as a, as a commentator, you have to say something to keep people interested in that fight. You can't just sit there and say, well, Cyborg's dominating this fight. Uh, this was this is a piece of cake. you got to sell the fight as a commentator. So I think she kind of probably needs to let that one go. The Dana White thing, I've been saying the same thing oh, for I- the longest. And, like, the prime, and the prime example is Nunez. Nunez is... The she she has basically solidified herself as the the greatest women's fighter of all time, but time and time again he has dropped Dana White has dropped the ball on promoting her. That Ronda Rousey fight against Nunez versus uh, Rousey, you would have thought Ronda Rousey was the champion going into that fight. Watching the 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 uh, embedded series, it oh, was true. literally like forty five minutes of Ronda Rousey and maybe like ten minutes of of Nunez. He at Mighty Mouse. Uh, uh, Tyron Willie, you can name countless examples of times that Dana White has dropped the ball on promoting his champions and, and these up and coming people. He has his people that he likes, and then when they lose, he doesn't. He doesn't, you know. Then you know, give the rub to that next person. So yeah, I could definitely see her, her uh, Cyborg's point on that one. I mean, and the perfect the perfect point of it is like if you look at um, even look at the Holly Holm fights that. Uh, cyborg had okay i mean arguably take the record part out of it as far as names that people know everybody knows holly Holm. holly Holm's the one that beat ronda rousey right or the first one anyway so you've got the first woman that beat ronda rousey arguably probably one of the biggest names that you've got as far as female fighters in the ufc i would say is a fair argument true versus cyborg who cyborg has not been defeated in 14 years. I mean, the hype for that fight should write itself. So, I mean, there's... They do, they do a terrible job of, of promoting I mean, there's fighters. definitely there's definitely a lot of validity to it. Yeah, the fighter needs to do it too. But essentially, what I got out of her interview with Ariel Hawani is Cyborg essentially was saying, my big issue is that they're going around telling people that I didn't want a rematch with Nunez. <laughs> she said, I never said I wanted a... Uh, didn't want to rematch with her, and she said. Furthermore, when I went and beat uh, Feli- when I beat Felicia Spencer, when I saw Dana after the fight, I asked him, "Why are you lying and telling everybody that I don't want that fight?" She goes, "I want my rematch." <sighs> and I mean, I'm trying to decide if I want to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna go ahead and say, it. <clears throat> and let me. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm going to go ahead and say that the thoughts and views of Devin McKenzie are those of Devin McKenzie and not necessarily those of Knockouts and Three Counts and Podcast Detroit. <clears throat> I honestly think Dana White and the UFC has a problem with promoting 
people of different lifestyles, whether they're minorities or gay. Amanda Nunez, to me, should be one of the biggest stars in the world because she's an openly gay fighter and she's great. That's a, a market. That's a, a fan base right there that you can latch on to. You know, the gay community is always looking for their champions, and you literally have the greatest female fighter of all time that's in an openly gay relationship with another UFC fighter, but UFC never really talks about that. That's promotion. Just to play devil's advocate on that one, though, do you want somebody's, like, come up to be based around that, though? Dude, that's the thing. The come up isn't about that. It the, shouldn't be, but no, no, I'm no. saying how the media will twist it. No, no, no. The come up is the fact that she has defeated every woman champion that there is. But at the same time, you literally have an untapped fan base sitting there. Hey, you can't just have, you know, middle America white fans and as your fan base and not and grow. You have to find other fan bases in order to expand your company. So if you literally have uh, uh, the, the LGBT community who whenever they get some behind somebody, they pour money into them. And you literally have an openly gay champion with an openly gay uh, a partner who's in the UFC as well. Why not? You know, I'm not saying exploit it, but let's just let's just call it what it is. Promotion is exploitation, but exploitation in a good way. Why not tap into that? <clears throat> yeah, you had Mighty Mouse Johnson, Tyron Whitley, two African American champions. Didn't really you know, do things to help promote the African-American community. A lot of Brazilian champions that they've had, they have a hard time pushing Brazilians. But you got your... your really, uh, though? I mean, Aldo got pushed like a motherfucker. So did Verdum. So did, I mean... Okay, I'm talking about in the ring, yes. But, like, outside? Eh. Meh. Meh. But your Paige Van Zant's What's my what's my kid? Uh, Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt. I already knew where you were going. Conor McGregor. <laughs> oh, you pushed the hell out of them because you can you can put you can mark them towards your middle American white community, but you can't really push a openly gay Brazilian woman or a, a black guy who you know talks about black issues to a middle American white community. It's hard. It's hard to do that because they're not going to be able to. They're not going to get behind that. So I think I disagree. <laughs> but <laughs> I get the point. Kobe Covington. That guy's a fucking <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Wait, but, but Kobe Covington's getting pushed by the UFC. Yeah, but haven't they always embraced the loudmouth? But what I is mean, but what back, what is his platform though? I mean, I get I get what you're saying, and there's definitely truth to it. Right. I'm just saying they've always supported the loudmouth. I mean, case in point, look who we just had on the show. You had Miles, who was in the UFC for six years. He fought Cowboy, first person to knock out Gomi, beat Michael Johnson, uh, fought Rafael, uh, or not Rafael, um, Oliveira, Charles Oliveira. He fought Chad Mendez. I mean, he fought a pretty good number of big name guys and beat a lot of them. True. He never was really. Because Miles but, wasn't a shit talker. But yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But I'm not saying he should have been like promoted as like number one, number two, number three type thing, but I mean Well no well I'll, let me say this. 
at the same time, a fighter has to be able to promote themselves. That's, that's definitely a part of it. I'm not saying it's not. But sometimes the story writes itself and oh, like the UFC shies away from it. No, AKA I agree. Amanda Nunez. <laughs> Cyborg. They 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 kind of shy away from it. That's all I'm, I'm not arguing that. I think I think it's still such a even though it's uh so much more accepted now than it's ever been in any other time. I think I think it's still a hot button that a lot of people don't want to touch. Is more what I think it boils down to. I don't think anybody will ever admit it, but I think that that's No, I agree, but but at the same time, I'm not saying it's, it's right. I didn't say it was right. And I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but what I'm saying is, is that if the UFC Case in point, uh, Mighty Mouse. Mighty Mouse was a, was a black video game nerd. You know how many black video game nerds there are. There are. Why? Why wasn't they? Why wasn't the UFC pushing that more? Again, no argument. I'm so it. But I have no argument for anything that you just said. All I'm saying is that the UFC misses out time and time again on these self. It just they're right there, just easy layup promotion opportunities, and they don't take advantage of it for whatever reason. Again, I have I don't have an argument for any of that. So now we've touched UFC, we've touched WWE. What uh, have you seen any more of the developments for All Out yet? Um, they might have made the most hellacious triple threat match. It's about the uh, the death match. Fuck yes, I am. Wait, I, is it going to be a death match? I don't. They or haven't it, called it a death match, but you've got Darby Allen, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela in a Jimmy, match. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy fucking Havoc. Havoc. Andy's cool as fuck too, man. Cool guy, man. Shout out to I Havoc. just, dude, I, dude, that match is one that I'm totally looking forward to, and we totally are going to be treated to a fucking. You know, so I'm. I think I've said this last week. I'm 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 just ready for and it just made the big announcement October second Wednesdays is going to be uh, the debut of I think it's going to be called Wednesday Night Dynamite and it's going to be every Wednesday at eight o'clock it's going to be a two hour show on TNT that's what I'm really looking forward to man because they they've announced these up these matches with AEW talent but in other promotions there's a right. ma- there's a match between the Young Bucks and Private Party that I really want to see but it's going to be in House of what Glory what about the match they just announced for Mox wait I was, about, uh, I was about to say I I really want to see Private Party versus Young Bucks I think that'd be a great match but I want to see that on AEW Josh Barnett versus John Moxley I think that, that you see you saw the promo video. For yes, me, right? I did. Like, it. I, I shared it off of our page. Freaking great! But I where just, we go? Where are you going to be able to see it? But, but I think personally, on that particular match, although I'm so excited to see it, that match I don't think would work as far as an AEW thing because I don't know if you got to see the way they set up Bloodsport One, but it legitimately looks like Bloodsport. Like, legitimately, there's not True. a ring, it's a mat, and all that shit. Right. I don't know that a match that's set up that way. Well, I'm I'm not saying, you know, definitely have that same type of no, match. I, no, AEW, I get but you. But I'm just saying it's like, yeah, you you're, need- you're getting me excited for all these AEW talents, but it's not on an AEW no, show. No, sure. So I, I totally I, agree. I'm just ready for the Wednesday night weekly show. Sure, totally. I agree completely with that. I just mean in that particular match. I right, right. I don't know that that one would work. Right. But at the same time, I say that, but look what Moxley and Janela did at fucking Fighter Fest. Like, I mean, when's the last time you saw a major company do that on TV like that? It's been a, it's Technically, been a, it wasn't TV, though. 
you, I, don't, I don't see them doing that on TV. They, they, I see them doing that on I get pay-per-views it, and stuff like even that. Even at yeah. that, nobody's really done anything too out the way on pay-per-view in quite a while. I mean, WWE's had their spots here and there with extreme rules, but I'm saying nobody's really put on a they, full. WWE needs to stop calling that extreme rules. I, yeah. There's I nothing extreme about that. I agree. <laughs> there's nothing. I, I there's have, nothing. It's oh, just, it's in Philadelphia, so it's extreme. It's no. funny you say that because I was just watching Lockdown 2009, uh, from TNA and Do, Dos Monatos. Yeah. And long story short. I uh, now I understand why people shit on the whole idea of a whole card being all cage matches. Hey, Randy, just next time, just, just get on the microphone, just yell two minutes. Yeah, but uh, since we're, I mean, I'm not on camera, so you don't even have to acknowledge that I did it. Just keep going. We we'll just call you the voice of God. <laughs> <laughs> since we uh, since we are being wrapped up, is there anything else you want to hit on on AEW? And also, before we get out of here, we would be remiss not to let you guys know that we have again teamed up with the boys from breaking down the ring and they're going to be doing a big deal for SummerSlam as well which we're going to talk a lot about next week yeah pretty much the whole show is going to be previewing uh nxt and uh SummerSlam, and uh there's a big announcement about the show coming up next week um definitely stay tuned for that and uh let me i just say give a little bit of a teaser if you've ever come out to any of our parties and watch uh, any of the pay-per-views with us, you might want to come this time for sure. I would put a little bit of extra emphasis on coming out to uh, SummerSlam and hanging out with us. We're going to be giving out a lot of great prizes and um, going to be doing the pro wrestling scorecards. But let's just say you definitely want to come out and hang out with us on this one. Come hang out with your boy. Nice teaser. I mean, you gave it away. But. I didn't. I, I didn't <laughs> say shit. <laughs> but def, def, you should definitely come out next Sunday and hang out with your boy and come watch wrestling one more time. I agree. I don't. Right. I don't even. I don't even have anything about it, Aunt Bonnie. Right. I see you're watching. You caught us at the end of the show, but I appreciate it. <laughs> We got any more announcements, uh, man? Not really, man, other than thanks to uh, Miles Jury for coming out, checking it out. Uh, shout out. BCWA coming up on the 24th. It, I was just oh, sorry. I, I, My bad. He, I'm going to let you go He ahead. got me. He got me. But go ahead. You already started BCWA. We got that coming August uh, 24th, same day as Evolve. Um, what, what, are, what are we calling this show? The BCWA this time? Is this Super Slam? I don't. Think so. I think I feel like Super Slams after that. I forget. I could be wrong, but anyway, BCWA. Anyway, it's BCWA. If you've been to any of the shows or listened to any of our shows from the events, you know that it's not a show you want to miss. Plus, also August twenty fourth, we have Evolve coming here and Shine, and, Shine. and Shine. we should be bringing somebody from the Evolve or Shine roster on again real soon. Before that, as well, and we'll be bringing someone from BCWA as well. Exactly. So Damn. we've got you covered on all the bases. Uh, why don't we let Randy go on? <laughs> Randy's. Oh wait, hold on. Let's wish Randy a happy fucking birthday, man. When? Oh, did... thank you. It was today. It was a uh, Sunday. Yesterday. Oh, that's right. Yesterday. I thought it was yeah. yesterday. I was like, I know. I I I know. I commented on his Facebook. Damn it! I happy was like, please tell me I birthday. didn't. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Was it yesterday or today? I might have been half. Randy just turned twenty five for the seventh time. Hell Oh, yeah. <laughs> happy birthday to him and happy birthday to my little sister Kelsey this morning, man. time? <laughs> what? You lying no. son of a bitch. 
Yeah, shout out to Randy. Um, yeah, and shout out to you. Yeah, sister let me too. let me get this out the way since she always thinks that I don't ever show love. Shout out to my little sister. You're 22 today. Uh, you're still the little sister that was supposed to be a little brother, but I love you anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> congratulations on graduating college. You're engaged. You're doing your thing. Uh, keep doing your thing, man. I love you and uh, have a good day. Oh, and uh, real quick, uh, shout out to my niece. She uh, returned to podcasting to check her podcast. Oh out. shit! Check them out to Kenya Talks. I will be on there sometime soon. Um, I'll let you guys know once we record that, and we're getting ready to put that out. So that's all I got. What about you? Uh, I'm good. All righty. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time. This has been Knockouts and Three Counts. Fuck your couch. Take care of yourself and each other. Peace.